0: Australia,
1: Quay Cooper for the win, it's on its way, it's on its way, it's gone, Quay Cooper is the man.
2: Hello and welcome to the Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. We are diehard rugby fans having a weekly chat about all things Aussie rugby. We're real family-friendly and positive, so get involved. Get involved. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Now, this is the Waratahs preview, so this is the most exciting, the most anticipated, probably the best podcast we will put out this year. Uh, We've done a few other teams. No one really cares about those, but the Waratahs, the best team in the competition, is up now. Very much looking forward to talking about that. I've got Rev with me. How are you, Rev?
3: I'm very good. I didn't know that was going to be the uh, script or the intro, so maybe I shouldn't have come on if we were talking about the Waratahs that much.
2: (laughs) We do have Ando joining us a little bit later. He's just not with us in the intro. But as I said before, this is the Waratahs. This is very exciting. We do have Ben Donaldson lined up for a chat a little bit later, which is going to be very exciting. He has some great insights into the team and some really Interesting conversation around the dynamic shift from 2021 into 2022. Um, what were your kind of thoughts around the Waratahs last year and, and how they're shaping up for this year, Ev? Uh, to me,
3: they looked like they were close but not quite there. A um, few losing bonus points in the AU comp, a really improved attack during Trans-Tasman. Um, we'll probably dive into that a bit more with Ben, but mm. they looked like they were pretty close to the middle of the table but obviously just couldn't quite get things to jail. So hopefully this year with the return of some veterans, um, that does get them the bit of experience and push they need to get up there. Yeah, very much looking forward to it.
2: Now, we do have some social platforms. So do you want to run us through those, Rev?
3: Yeah, sure. Thanks. So uh, you can get in touch on uh, Instagram at hashtag pick pick underscore drive rugby. Uh, You can get in touch on Facebook if you search for uh, pick and drive. Uh, we've got a group in there and plenty of interactions, especially trying to get in touch as well on the WTF is wrong with Australian Facebook page. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then you can also get in touch on Twitter, main source there at Pick Underscore Drive Rugby, uh, where there's plenty of posts and plenty of interactions with everyone uh, as we go through the previews for Super Rugby Pacific.
2: Fantastic. Thank you for that. <clears throat> and for those who are listening to the podcast. For the first time this year, we are also running a Superbrew competition this year. So Superbrew is the tipping platform that I think it's the most used for rugby. I, I haven't heard of any other ones, so definitely get involved with that. So well, you go onto Superbrew, just Google it, make an account and then search for Pick and Drive Rugby and you should find our public pool. Uh, getting some good numbers in there this year, so it's going to be a good, good comp this year and hopefully we can get the banter page up and running and get some interaction with fans so apart from that what we're doing tonight as i did say before we have ben donaldson on to have a preview interview shortly and then afterwards we will do our preview of the waratahs season for 2022 how does that all sound Rev? have i forgotten anything
3: I think that's it. I, I'm keen to dive in and talk about this one. I um I may be wearing a red singlet now, but I did have the TARS kit on. I think I did leave a, a lasting impression for Ben. Yep. And um, yeah, I'm pretty keen to talk about uh, the TARS. They're an exciting team this year and, and plenty of youth, plenty of uh, opportunity. So yeah. let's dive in.
2: And I think there's <clears throat> there's been a lot of talk around the new two teams, Super uh, Moana Pacifica into Super Rugby and the Fiji in Drua, being everyone's second team. I think I'm going to put it out there now and just say that's not true. The Waratahs will be everyone's second team this year because we will be back good. So I think that's a big call to make, but I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to put it out there.
3: Well, unless they're your first team, in which case good on you for uh, belittling yourself. <laughs> I think the Waratahs <laughs> is number one. If they're your first team,
2: uh, they can be your second yeah. team as well. And yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into Love it. it. Um, without any further ado, let's move into our chat with Ben Donaldson.
0: Joining us tonight, as promised, is Ben Donaldson from the New South Wales Waratahs. How are you, Dono? Yeah, good thanks. Good thanks. Um, thanks for having me on. How are you
3: guys? Pleasure. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think we're doing pretty well.
3: Um, I'm great. Rev, how about you? Yeah, I've just seen the uh first uh lineup for the season, the Brumbies for the trial against you guys. And I think the first team sheet of the season always gets me excited. So uh yeah, good mood today. And
0: um I know that we're a
3: visual uh, audio
0: podcast. Um, but Mitch, what's special about this interview well, apart from Well, yeah, the fans at home
2: can't see, but Rev is wearing a Waratah's polo tonight, so
3: it's all hearsay. They can't we've, see it. It's we've all got a hearsay. photo, so if
2: this never happens ever again, we have proof,
1: and we will be bringing this up throughout the year. Well, Dono, it's good to have you here. What's a Thursday in pre-season look like for you, mate? Oh, today today was a bit different because we've got a game this week. Um, so today was kind of a 7.30 roll-in this morning. Um, team meeting uh, early in the morning, and then straight into units, so backs in the gym, forwards into their line scrums, malls, whatever they do. I don't really know what they do, but anyway. Um, and then vice versa, they go in the gym, backs go out and do our starters and a bit of kicking and stuff. Um, and then a bit of a break, a bit of lunch, and then into our main field session in the Arvo for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, today was pretty cruisy because we're playing in two days, um, but usually Thursday is a pretty tough day um, in a normal pre-season day. And um, then we're done by about 3.30, so not, not too bad today. That's pretty
0: nice, mate. Finish off by 3.30. Do you guys get down to the beach or anything like that after training?
1: Yeah, sometimes not. Nothing's planned as a squad or anything, but a fair few boys who live around the beach. I live pretty close here myself, so yeah, most of us go down my uh, most days when it's quite warm. So yeah, it's quite nice. How good.
0: Well, um, we thought we might ask you a couple of uh, easy or fun warm up questions just to get you into the swing of things tonight, mate. Lovely. So, if you had an opportunity with the TARS to go on an overseas tour, maybe to America or Spain, Germany, somewhere that's like a tier two nation, who would you most be wanting to have as a roomie? And then, who, for the love of God, would you just be trying to avoid really, really dearly?
1: Really good question, actually. Um, Thanks. Thanks, mate. Person I'd probably want a room with, uh, there's a there's a fair few easygoing guys in the squad who would be pretty cruisy to room with. But um, i go someone who's a bit out there, uh, Izzy Parisi. Um, he, he can be a bit of a pest sometimes, but <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good mates with him. And I feel like if I was rooming with him, you know, he'd, he'd always be around. Her. He'd have good company. He'd have a good laugh. And he knows when to switch off and, you know, rest the body up, rest the mind, and then switch on as well for footy. So I reckon he'd be a good boat to room with. Good call. And who, who are you avoiding? Uh, Harry Johnson Holmes, he just sings the entire time, and you just want him yeah, to probably sleep with him. He t- takes his guitar everywhere, so he'd be a bit loud. <laughs> um, from personal experience, in under 20s, I actually room with Belly Angus Bell a fair bit uh, on some of the camps, and he's a bit of a pest. He, not like 10 o'clock at night, he's got his phone on, no headphones, playing videos, watching Facebook videos, and he's a, <laughs> bit, of a bit of a dirty bugger as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll probably have to say him. Good to know. <laughs> Uh, Now, uh,
2: it is still pre-season for the Waratahs, but are there any good nicknames that have developed over the pre-season, like last 2021 or now into 2022?
1: Um, Good nicknames. Oh, there's probably a couple. (laughs) We'll keep it family-friendly.
2: So if (laughs) if there are a few that are a bit...
1: Um, How are you going? Oh, well, there's, there's one, a young fella, Teddy Wilson, young halfback who's in the squad. Um he's, we've started to call him Warnie. Um, I probably can't uh, (laughs) describe why, but that's, it's it's a bit of a laugh around the boys with the boys who do not. Um, That's probably one that's coming out pretty recent. Yeah, awesome.
0: Good to know. Well, maybe one or two of us might be down at Barrel this weekend, so we might be able to get that out of you in person. Who knows? (laughs) Um, Okay, let's move on to a bit of reflections on 2021 for yourself and the Waratiles, and I'll throw this over to Rev.
3: Yeah, so Ben, obviously the the Waratiles had a, pretty mixed 2021 didn't get the results on paper but you know a few really nice promising performances especially in that um Trent Tasman I thought as the attack sort of increased a fair bit um what did you take away as a personal highlight I guess from your season especially as you got some increased game time throughout the year yeah yeah obviously a disappointing
1: year for us all um no wins which was tough across the board but personally I was actually reasonably happy with how I went started off the year with a couple injuries which didn't help um but then probably my main highlight was probably that first game I started against the Force over in Perth. Um, I just probably should have won it, lost by one point. Um, probably the closest game we had all year. But personally, I felt like I played a pretty decent game. Um, and then obviously cemented my spot and stayed uh, in the starting team for the games after that, which I was um, pretty proud of.
3: I think that Force game was a great example because it was, in that Super Rugby AU, I think three games with losing bonus points where... Realistically, the ties were probably you know winning for good chunks. That all looked promising right at the end, Um, but the thing that looked the best, I guess, looking back over last year, was the first five games. I never really scored more than twenty points, but then I I think you know the last three games of AU really dominant, and then that first game against the Hurricanes racked up like forty-eight or something ridiculous. that was a crazy game to be. It was (laughs) an awesome cricket game game at the cricket ground. (laughs) I I guess um, one of the things I want to look at is that seems to be something that uh, DC, as he's come in, he wants to play an attacking game. So. Did you notice the attack really sort of improving and clicking together when you sort of got a bit more time with those backs at the end of 2021? Yeah, definitely. I think
1: I think that was a stat that we scored the most points or the most tries of any Australian team in the Trans-Tasman, which is pleasing and it's a good positive to take into this year. Um, but yeah, definitely for me personally, I think as a 10, you're only going to improve if you're getting good minutes on the field. And I felt like I did that after I got a few games. Yeah. Um, and getting some combinations with some blokes inside and outside me who now wallabies like Jake Gordon and Lalakai and Izzy Parisi, um, who are all freaks of the game and even our wingers and fullbacks and and stuff like that. We really started to come into our own in those games, as we saw, like you said, scoring plenty of points. Um, and yeah, DC, he's probably said it um, in the media and stuff. We're not the biggest team. So he needs to find ways where we can score points other than bashing it through the middle. So He's definitely got us using our skills and, um, yeah, the game he wants to play is pretty similar, um, very attacking, and hopefully we can bring it out um, this Saturday to to start it
3: all off. And obviously because he wasn't there last year, has there been much talk about the 2021 results or it's pretty much been a clean slate this preseason? Yeah, hardly anything,
1: to be honest. The first day of preseason when he rocked up, we had two hours in the morning where we kind of, he kind of spoke about last year and a new beginning and all that kind of stuff. And we, we spoke about it and brought it to light and stuff. But other than that, um, it's been all focused on on this year. So I think that's, that's a good thing the boys needed. Well, and how I, I, is the, I
2: was going to check in. how is him, the mate. morale going with the, with the boys and the team? There, there was some pretty uh, sore bodies towards the end of 2021 and some pretty low morale, it seemed, in the team. Uh, how are things going so far? And, and have the coaches really got around the boys and helped them look forward to this season of 2022?
1: Yeah, it's actually been – the morale's really good at the moment. Um, well, all throughout the whole preseason, it's been really good. Um, I think with DC coming in as well, he's a really emotional coach. He's He's got that emotional connection with every single player. Um, and the boys love him. And with Wits and Gilly, who were there last year as well, um, all the boys love love them as well. So I think even though we lost all the games last year, we, we were still really tight. Um, which is pretty interesting seeing as we didn't win a game. Some teams might fall apart, but I think because we're all so young and we're all really good mates off the field as well, that helped. Um, and then, yeah, with DC coming in, that's just that's just helped even more. So, yeah, it's actually it's pretty good at the moment.
3: We might actually keep the trend going for 2022 because as much as, you know, I'm keen to hear about how summer last year went, I think the Waratahs squad for 2022, your position in particular is really exciting because the squad just looks really impressive, I think. And even though there's a bit of... Uh, youth in the team there's a lot of players we're excited about in particular as you said having um the center pairing of Ketty and Parisi is quite an exciting option for any you know fly half to have outside them so um Mitch i thought I'd cross you for some of the the 2022 questions
2: uh awesome so Darren Coleman has taken the reins during the offseason what were the differences that you saw with Darren Coleman coming in that might have been different to Rob Penny or um some of the other coaches that were taking over in 2021
1: um I think I just touched on it. Briefly before, he's really emotional. Um, he wears everything on his sleeve. You know, the first week or the first two weeks he was in there, he sat down with every single player individually for a good hour, hour and a half, just talking rubbish, talking, find out how we are as blokes, you know, find out what makes us tick, um, how, how, we, how we win, how we want to play. Um, and I think he's, he holds us very accountable. I think, like, Rob was a great bloke and great coach, but he was very positive sometimes probably too positive. Like when we weren't winning games, maybe a little bit too positive. Um, yep. But with DC, you can already tell um, he's, he's, he's holding blokes accountable, which is good, which is what we need. We're a young squad. Um, and yeah, I think that just that emotional connection is probably the biggest thing that he's brought.
0: Then moving forward into the actual kind of what you guys have been trying to achieve within a preseason, has there been particular messaging as a team of whether you want to be... Uh, trying to dominate the defensive collision a little bit more, whether you want to be um, focusing on skills execution, like what's the messaging been for the team in this preseason period?
1: Yeah, there's been a couple. Um, I think Gilly has, had, has has come a long way. He, the stuff he's doing now with us in defense is massive and we're already seeing changes at training, which is really good. Um, and he knows a lot of us boys. He coaches a few of us at 20s and stuff. And he was with us last year, obviously. So... Um, I think we'll see a big change in our defense this year. Um, also DC is massive on just executing skills, basic skills under fatigue. So Mm. it's kind of been a different preseason in the fact that we're not doing as much running, just straight line running and stuff. All of our conditioning, I guess is with a ball in hand. So conditioning games, um, 15 on 15 under fatigue after doing up, down shuttles, all all that kind of stuff. Um, because he obviously knows the Kiwis. When we come up against the Kiwis, they're the best in the world at, mm. at finishing and executing under fatigue, and um, especially counter attack and stuff. We've been working really hard on counter attack um, because we're a smaller team. We need to make the most of opportunities, whether whether it's turnover ball or counter attack, all those opportunities that are kind of off the cuff. Um, so yeah, there are a couple of things that we're, we're looking to take forward.
0: It seems to be a bit of a theme because we've managed to speak to a lot of players and coaches from other super teams and that's a message that has been resounding throughout all of the pre is that um, comparative to the New Zealand teams within Trans-Tasman comp, this, the Aussie teams seem to drop off a bit more, maybe conditioning, skill execution under pressure in that last 15 to 20. Was that something that you experienced or noticed as well during your experience of the Trans-Tasman?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I think just... the the skill execution I think we we I probably felt like we were fit enough but just those skills under fatigue we probably didn't get enough reps in you know in preseason or at training Um, don't know if it's the way we were training or the type of drills we were doing but yeah you could definitely see there was a there was a two different levels between the Kiwis and us last year even though we scored a fair few points but they obviously scored more points than us Um, and like DC always also touches on we lost like you boys said we lost a few games by one or two points last year. and executing those skills under pressure, we might have won those games. So he's hoping yeah. that we can change that this year.
0: Now, I'm not sure if you know, but we actually had Will Harrison Harrow on the pod last year, and um, Mitch and I were the ones doing an interview with him. And he was talking up the chances of the Tars in 2021, and we we were asking the questions of it's a it's a talented team, but very raw, very young. And he's like, "No, nah, we've got this. Just 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 wait for us. We're going to be okay." And then we went winless for the entire season. So that was a bit of a challenge, but the fan, one of our main fans, Sheepy us on a scale of absolutely brilliant to the best there ever
1: was, how good are the Tars going to be this
0: season? Um, <laughs> <it's
1: important. laughs> no, look, it's, it's hard to say at the moment, it's early days, but um, definitely seeing improvements already at training. Um, I think with a new coach, some more cattle coming in um, and just, most of us boys having another year in the saddle, playing some, some games, which I said, like, valuable minutes. Um, I think it's hard to say where we'll finish, but DC's set a goal finishing the top eight. Um, so that's our goal to finish in the top eight, which is better than last year, finishing at the bottom of the table. Um, obviously, we know it's a tough road ahead. It's a long shot to win the comp, but if we finish in the top eight, um, it's basically a knockout from there. So once you're in the top eight, anything can happen. Um, so, yeah, that's probably what I'll say. Yeah, good stuff. And um, if we look at the team
2: from 2021 to 2022, there is so much raw talent. that's just coming back or coming in. Out of the, t- the players that have already signed, who are you most
1: looking forward to playing with in 2022? Jeez, um, good question. Um, I think uh, yeah, young hooker Mahe Vailanu, he's, he played a bit with Gordon and he's, he was over in LA with DC last year. Um, I haven't played with him before but geez he's for a hooker and for the size he's got some good skills and his his footy smarts unbelievable so he'd be a good one to play with and also um probably can't split him two young uh second rowers max douglas and jerry williams they're both only 20 21 22 um but they're tough as nails and they're really showing this preseason. they're standing up and really pushing for a starting spot and they're just two guys that anyone would love to play with and
3: they've got a lot of potential. So, yeah, probably those three. And on top of some of the young talent coming through, obviously in the forwards, they got bolstered pretty early with like Ruan Smith, Jed Holloway, Michael Hooper, some really experienced players just to sort of beef up the um, the age there. But um, recently, Jamie Roberts has been signed, who's obviously a 90-plus test um, Welsh international, British-Irish lion. How exciting is that for you just to have someone of that experience in the team? And is there a bit of a... I guess, feeling of this is great. either so much to learn from or do you kind of prefer playing with the guys you've, you know, um, done shit shield with and have been in these uh, environments with before? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's a massive positive um,
1: for the organisation moving forward. Um, like like you said, yeah, we've played, a lot of the boys we've all played together for a long time, but I think uh, we've never really had someone of Jamie Roberts' um, calibre come into the squad. Um, he's a 94 test, um, veteran you know he's played three lines tours so I think his his experience and his knowledge will be invaluable for the squad especially the backs who are so young um, and a few wallab- few boys who've played a few caps in the wallabies especially in the centers um, I think his, his experience and he's a big boy as well I'm pretty sure he's yeah. six foot something and 110 kilos so I think whether he's starting off the bench or just in the squad I think
3: um, yeah it's a really big plus for the squad. As experienced as he is, I don't think he'll be able to step people like Lalakai did in the uh, Insta video today. That was pretty (laughs) special, but um, I'm very very keen for more of that. That was unreal. Um, now talking
0: about the backline stocks, there seems to be a little bit of a fight that we can see developing between yourself, Harrow, and Tain Edmed for the starting ten jersey. Now, ha- can you give us the hot goss? Has there been any attempts to like hamstring, kneecap, take out someone's ankle to give yourself a better chance of getting into the run on like side?
2: Food
1: poisoning, <laughs> yeah. too much protein powder. <laughs> No, nah, not really. Taino's actually allergic to peanuts, so uh, me and Harry—probably <laughs> okay. something we could do if we haven't yeah. yet. Maybe something we could slip into his, his lunch or something. <laughs> but, but um, nah, we're we're all good mates. I think um, we're all so positive with each other and just work hard together. Um, so we we don't really see any negative negativity towards each other. Um, but yeah, we just really enjoy each other's company and working hard together.
0: Well, I might save a couple more questions on that front to the fan question section in a moment, but we've got to end these questions on a really, really serious note. Um, how much flack has Michelangelo's David or Mark Noonganitawase received for his shirtless Instagram posts? And is there much resentment or jealousy within a team at like
1: the Adonis level body that that man currently has? Well, he's, he's cra- his body's crazy, eh? it's- when- <laughs> i I don't think I was with any of the boys when I saw it, but, she got sent around in a few group chats and stuff, and it's been through our group chat. Don't you worry. My mates outside, my mates from school, and a few girls I know, my girlfriend and stuff. Everyone saw it, and everyone's going far out. Like, why can't our bodies look like this? But <laughs> I think everyone was more in awe than saying anything. But yeah, he's copped a bit of slack at training. Um, but yeah, he, he's a crazy. Um, he's a crazy human, Marky. And he's
2: uh, apart from just the body, he's he's followed it up with that. Uh, backflip somersault yeah. that he did in the waratah's
1: jersey reveal yeah he's, he's so athletic he and he's he's a little kid in, in his in the big body he has he's just a little <laughs> kid he loves he loves making people laugh and he loves doing stuff like those backflips um yeah he's an absolute absolute athlete it's pretty cool has he uh figured out how to not face plant when he scores tries yet <laughs> he actually has been working a bit on his finishing all the
2: wingers have
0: so okay. to awesome how good. Well, um, it's good to know that there has been some commentary. Uh, our wives have all been banned from following him on Instagram, so uh, good to know. All right, why don't I throw the fan questions over to you, Mitch?
2: Perfect. So we had a question come in from Australia's next top fly half, and it was something we touched on briefly before. Bit of a tough question, but what do you think that you bring to the 10 jersey that might differ from Will Harrison or Tane Edmond?
1: It's a tough question. Um, I think- you can just say better. You can just say just generally better. And we'll... uh... I don't know. We're all... We've all got our positives and negatives. Um, I think one thing that I see that something that I have and a few people have said to me before the same thing, I feel like I'm really calm when I'm on the field and I feel like I have a lot of time with the ball in hand and stuff. Um, And I'm a kind of... I'm a very laid-back kind of person, very calm person. Um, And obviously... Teams with teams need a 10 who can direct the team around the park and stuff, but kind of, you know, under pressure, stay calm and make, make good choices. Um, so I feel like that's one thing um, I possess, which is really good. And like I said, ball in, when, my, when I have ball in hand, a lot of people have said to me that I look like I have a lot of time, which I feel like is a big positive. Um, but the other two boys have um, a lot of positives as well. So, yeah, it's hard to say who the, who the better one is, but I, I guess time will tell. And we have seen a little bit through
2: social media that yourself and Will Harrison have been doing some training at both 10 and 15. How are yeah. things sort of shaping up for the backline so far? Um, is there any thought around who might be taking the 10 role and who might be slotting into 15? Oh, hard
1: to say at the moment. Um, this weekend in the trial, we're all kind of – it's a 90-minute trial, so everyone's going to kind of get time in different positions. Yep. Um, until, Blanker? until DC. Are you going to – Packed Definitely. down the scrum. I'll, I'll okay. stick clear from the from the scrum. Um, but yeah, I think I don't I don't know if DC's made his mind up yet. Um, like he's, he said that openly to us. He said we're all good players, so whoever performs best in the trials will get the first start, first gig. But yeah, throughout the whole preseason, myself, Tane and Harrow have all jumped in at ten, um, fullback. They've both jumped in at twelve a bit. Um, they're probably a bit better at twelve than I am. But yeah, we've all kind of moved around a bit and. Um, yeah, it's been good. I think the more we can, I guess, train in different positions, um, the, the better for the team overall. So it's been good. Is there one of those positions that you feel more comfortable in? Yeah, 10, for me, 10. Um, I just feel like when I have the ball in my hand, more often than not, especially obviously at 10, I'm going to do that more than fullback. Uh, I feel more comfortable. I'm in mean, the game more. I can kind of feel like I can control the game more. Um, so yeah, probably 10. Well, Cam Red path asks as will harrison and yourself are really good mates off the field
2: is there any tension between competing for spots oh i've just well
0: considering the fact that you guys have been best friends for so long (laughs) do you just kind of rib each other all the time if one of you gets
1: picked over the other yeah exactly we're all we've been best mates for ages and now obviously since tano's come in as well he's kind of joined our best mates crew i guess so we're all we're all really good mates um but yeah, no, nah, there's there's never real. There's no negative tension. I'll put it that way. There's always there's always going to be a little bit of tension because we both want the spot so badly. Um, but at the end of the day, if if one of us get picked gets picked, the other one's going to be just as happy because we're such good mates. Um, but yeah, sometimes there's, there's there's a lot of banter and stuff that goes into it. But there's definitely nev, never um, any negative tension for sure. Yeah, awesome. And Nelson Dale
2: asks uh, on that theme of yourself and Will Harrison, is there in your mind? the best way that you can both be utilised? Is it about playing the same position and swapping in and out? Um, Is it about one of you playing 15 and the other playing 10 and swapping in and out in the game when the need arises?
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Personally, I feel like um, most or any team or most teams can function best with two playmakers, um, whether that's 10-12, 10-15, uh, obviously, we've got Laliquite, 12, who who's basically covers all bases. Um, but, yeah, personally, I reckon if if we're starting together, that's probably ideal, so t- 10, 15, um, most preferably. Um, and then, obviously, he's left-footed, so that works perfectly. We've got right all right-footers in our team, no left-footers besides him, so he can kind of cover one field with his left foot. And then, uh, I could, if I was on, I could cover the other side with Jake or Lara or whoever else. Um, yep. And then... Because we're two tens, we can slot in. We can kind of play two tens, two playmakers, um, and also just that control. The game management would be and probably take the weight off whoever would be starting, myself or Harold. Take the weight off our shoulders because you've got the other bloke outside you. So personally, I'd probably say both starting together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And there's been some other news this week around Curtly
2: Bill putting his intentions out to return to Australia, most likely signed with the Tars. Has there been any talk in the team? around how that might affect 2022 seeing that he if he does come back he will be taking that fullback jersey and pushing for that in 2023 does that shift any sort of plans for this year uh we know that there isn't anyone at the moment who really has a mortgage on that 15 jersey and there's a few options like you were just saying
1: before yeah there hasn't really been too much talk to be honest um dc kind of mentioned it the other day when it was going to come out in the press and stuff. but other than that, there hasn't been really any talk about it. Um, obviously, everyone knows that if he, if and when he comes back um, next year or the end of this year, whenever it is, that he'll he'll probably be the fullback because they're not going to bring him back to put him on the bench. But, um, but yeah, no, it doesn't really change our mindsets. Um, we just knuckled down at training and put our best foot forward for this year because that's our our former our first foremost goal is to make the eight the top eight this year and see how far we can go. So. I think if we think too far ahead of ourselves um, and worry about other things like that, um, it could play with our results. So yeah, I think we'll just knuckle down and and see what happens when, when that time comes. And a follow-up question from Nelson Dale. He asks, with the
2: signing of Peach from the Sevens program and FUNA from the NRL, has there been any different skill sharing or traits brought across from those players from their experience?
1: Uh, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, Peachy, um, we, we've been doing a lot of tracking. Obviously, we saw today when he got his ankles broken. But um, <laughs> he's he's been really good helping a few boys out with a lot of like one-on-one stuff with ball in hand and in defense. Um, obviously, in sevens, we've you got a lot more space. So he's been helping a few of the, the outside backs out with that. Um, and Tavita's been really good, more so off the field, like in video sessions and reviewing sessions and what we're doing and stuff. Just a lot about like lead lines and sweep runners out the back because obviously league is pretty robotic on how they do all that kind of stuff on their edges. Um, And like three on twos, two on ones, picking the right pictures. He's been really good off the field, helping a lot of boys out, especially some forwards as well, like the forwards who attack on edges. Um, So some of our back rowers and hookers and stuff, he's been really good helping them out with lead lines and um, kind of uh, what uh, defenders to attract and stuff. So yeah, he's been really good. Awesome. And more on a personal theme, Jung Ma asks
2: what your thoughts were going straight from the under-20s program into super rugby.
1: Um, good question. I guess it's obviously a bit of a jump under-20s into blokes who are range from 20 to 35, but it's pretty cool. I think there was a few of us who did it. Um, I, I kind of feel probably kind of lucky. I was kind of, the way it turned out, I was kind of easy into it. I got a few games off the bench. Um, I wasn't kind of thrown in the deep end. A few boys thrown in the deep end and started majority of the games. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely a big step up. I guess majority of us probably hadn't even played much shoot shield level prior to playing super rugby level. I think our performances under 20s kind of pushed us into the super, super scene. Um, yeah, just the bigger bodies and the speed and the skill level probably pretty similar to the under 20 level because you're playing world-class players mm-hmm. but just the the size of some of the players and I guess the maturity and the and the knowledge um from some of the teams at Verson was definitely a step up Legend. and
2: you did you play any NRC you played a little bit with Will
1: yeah yeah I played uh two years of NRC first year I played a couple games here and there and then I can't remember when it was now, but the Sydney Sydney Ray or Sydney City, whatever it was. Sydney Ray, yeah. We played a whole season in that prior to when we played Super Rugby. Yeah. So, how did you find the, the step up then from the Under Twenties program
2: to the NRC to Shoot Shield uh, to Super Rugby? Sorry, did you, would you say NRC
1: sat between those two? Um. Yes and no. I, I guess. At the under-20s, at the World Championships, there's a lot of players who had already played Super Rugby on the seventh circuit. Um, So it was a pretty – it was a very high-level tournament. And I guess NRC, there was a lot of club players, a lot of shoot-shield players getting a chance to show what they can do. Um, So it's pretty hard. It's it's different because it's under-20s and then it's men. Um, So there's different elements that were probably harder in the NRC, um, but elements that are probably easier. but then once again, stepping up to Super Rugby from NRC was definitely a big step up again. So, yeah.
2: And then moving into the draw for 2022, you, the Waratahs have the draw first up at uh, Parramatta. Have you guys sort of put a circle around that and really thought that that's a good opportunity to get a win after so so long and really put a good performance out against a new team to the comp that everyone's not really sure what they're going to bring to Super Rugby yet?
1: Yeah, I think so. We. We haven't really spoken about them too much, to be honest. We've been focusing just on like one game by game. By game. Um, but like, like you said, everyone knows they're a new team, don't really know what to expect. So it's actually going to be pretty hard to kind of preview what they're going to bring because no one's seen anything. Um, but, yeah, because they're a new team and they haven't been together for overly too long, that's definitely a game that we see ourselves winning um, and, yeah, getting our, our campaign off to a good start. Awesome.
0: Well, kind of on that note, I really want to give you the opportunity to one-up Harrow here and leave um, New South Wales Waratahs fans with a message of hope for 2022. Because he tried to do it in 2021 and it failed miserably. So if there were some TARS fans that are, like, just needing some encouragement, what from this current team and squad um, would you draw from to encourage them to get along to the games and be supporting
1: TARS in 2022? Um. Oh, I'm not going to say we're going to bloody win the comp because it's yeah. definitely going to be a long shot. But I think with the new coach DC, he's he's proven to be successful. Um, obviously in LA, a couple of shoot shield teams. He's he's coached all around the world, um, and he's a real personal personal coach. He's from New South Wales. We have, I don't think we we haven't really had a coach who's been from New South Wales for a while. Um, so I think that that'll play a big part. I think, like I said, he's an emotional coach. And the boy's already attached in what he in what he wants to do. Um, he's already leading us so well. So I think with his goal of making the top eight, I think that's definitely achievable, and that's something that we're we're really striving for. And then from there, yeah, anything's possible. Who knows what can happen? So um, yeah, it's definitely gonna be a better year.
0: Well, that sounds very exciting. And I know that two of the three of us are going to be getting out to a whole bunch of the games. Can't wait to get out to Lycard Oval and make that a bit of a home ground and fortress for the year. So, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. If people do want to maybe follow you or find out a bit more about what you're up to, do you use Twitter, Instagram, anywhere they should particularly go? I've
1: got Instagram, but I don't have Twitter, but I've got Instagram. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, People can chase you up on Instagram. Twitter is mostly for people that want to have a bit of a comment about (laughs) a bit of a whinge whinge about life anyway. So let's stick you off that. Thank you (laughs) again so much. It's been a pleasure and best of luck for the trial match this weekend and for the first game
1: against the Drua. No worries. Thanks for having me, lads. It's been good uh, good to chat. Thanks, mate. All the best. Bye. right. Thank you. Bye.
2: All right, it is time to preview the Waratahs. Now, we will- We've. it's got to be said, it can't be any worse than 2021. Yes, it can. So, it is all up from here. No, it cannot. Ando. We could break more positive. losing records. Yes, it theoretically could be worse, but I'm saying it's not going to be. <laughs> okay. Okay? okay. So, let's get the band-aid off first. Let's talk about the horrible year that was 2021. We'll go through the results. So, Super Rugby AU, we finished, or the Waratahs finished in fifth. They played eight games. They lost eight games. They did not win a single game. They came close in one or two of those games, but they didn't win one. Moving across to Super Rugby Trans Tasman, and we finished 10th. Played five games, lost five games, and we didn't come close to any of those games, really. Uh, Thoughts about... Anything you want to say around that, Andrew? before we dive into the team that is the Waratahs for 2022? Um,
0: 2021 sucked in so many ways. I think where they've ended up with the appointment of Darren Coleman and the positivity that's come around him should not gloss over the inept board management decision that went on with the sacking of Rob Penny in a way that that was handled. Um, You could see what he was trying to do and you could see where the team was going. And even when they sacked him, we still lost every game after that as well. So who's to say that Rob Penny couldn't have um, generated some positivity as well when he I don't know, man. I just, I think that with the changes that we're seeing and a positivity that's coming um, I just still feel bad for Rob Penny and I still feel a bit bitter about how that whole situation was handled, but mm-hmm. you're right. I don't think we're going to go as poorly as we did in 2021. And that is down to two words, Michael Hooper.
2: Fantastic. Rev, did you have anything you wanted to say? How was it sitting in Queensland watching the diabolical performance that was the Waratahs in
3: 2021? Uh, in the Reds versus Waratahs games, it was an absolute treat. Um, It was lovely to watch um us beat them it was lovely to watch them suck but my broader perspective on top of being a reds fan i am a wallabies fan first and foremost so i don't love seeing any australian team go winless um there's still a lot of promise in the team um at least there was last year with some of the players and i was excited to see so many of them get a wallabies call up uh and i'm more excited now because i think a few of them are really uh either in the best 23 for the wallabies or pushing for that and i think that's a real nice bit of competition these players now have on top of obviously getting the best uh, Wallaby in Michael Hooper back to the team. So um, last year was pretty painful if you're a Warrishais fan. I made fun of my brother a lot for that, um, especially (laughs) given he is a Queenslander. But, um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I think 2022 is onwards and upwards, and there's a lot to be excited about the
0: biggest tease about playing the Reds last year was first game of the season uh remember Jack Gordon's trying like the yeah. second minute of the game and I was like oh yeah come on what a way to start the season and then we yeah. lost the game 40 to 7. <laughs> it just went it just downhill, downhill from there up. oh how rude to get your hope up and then just have it continually crushed for the remaining uh eight games we played anyway anyway over to you Mitch. <laughs>
2: Well, let's go through the ins and outs for 2022. So we'll start with the outs. And we have lost Robbie Abel, Chris Talakai, Jack Wetton, Sam Caird. Interesting that both of those two second row options were brought in from New Zealand to be kind of the saviors of 2021. And they're not even here come 2022. Um, We'll continue the list. Sam Wykes, Jack Dempsey, Tepai Moera, Jack Maddox, Joe Cotton, and Chris Tatola. Yep, Tatola. Uh, we'll go through the ins and there's some big names here. Ruan Smith, Jed Holloway, Ned Hannigan. Now, there is a little bit of an asterisk against Ned Hannigan. He won't be back until April, I believe. It's about halfway through the season. So, we will have him back, hopefully for the last half of the season, but we won't see him before then. Uh, Michael Hooper is back. Tevita Funa has signed from the NRL. Dylan Peach, Archer Holtz, and Hugh Bokenham. Now, Ando, of those names, there's clearly one player there that stands out as the biggest and most exciting thing since sliced bread. Who are you most excited to see back for the Waratahs
0: this Ned year? Ned Hannigan. Without a shadow of a doubt, I freaking love that man. Um, Shed is just an awesome player because he's he's kind of like that player that just got crapped on early on in his Wallabies career because Checker chose him for what he could be, not what he was at that point in time. And so I always felt bad for the amount of um, the amount of vitriol that he received from angry Wallabies fans uh, who were just kind of decrying his inclusion. But he's really developed well into a really quality kind of number six who can also dally at lock as well. And he just seems to be a good bloke and a a good human being. So I'm really excited to see him come back into the team in kind of late April, uh, early May. Uh, The other person I think would be, is a great addition, is Jed Holloway. I think he's got a point to prove after the nature of his loss, the um, openness that he's shown about his attitude or uh, negativity and and bad attitude he had towards kind of training and rugby in the latter stages of his time at the Waratahs. So I think he's going to come home with a fire in his belly and a point to prove, and we'll see what he can do playing out of his core position, uh, playing at lock. So, yeah, two people I'm really excited to see.
2: Fantastic. Rev, was there anyone in that list
3: that really excites you? Uh, to me, it's probably Dylan Peach and Tevita Funa. Um I'm a bit upset to say that Dylan Peach seems to be more of the wider training squad sort of group um, and might mm. be getting the minutes to start with. I um, I think last year the big things for the Waratahs were settling on locks and centres. Mm. They definitely did that with centres. They didn't do it with locks. Locks were um, tumultuous. We'll get to that later. But um, <laughs> the outside backs are now the problem area, I think. In Nwankanita Wase and James Ram, they've got two exciting options, I think, and some pretty good attackers. I think they're probably one outside back short of looking really sturdy there. And I'm hoping one of these guys can step up and uh, show that they're that role.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that around the outside backs because we look at a team like the Brumbies and they've just got spoils of choices. They've mm. got players who won't even make the 23 who we would love to have. player like Cam Clark comes to mind, oh. just having Jesse his experience. Mug. and yeah. Or Jesse Mogg, either of those players. Their experience and their just ability would be fantastic to bolster some of the talent of these younger players around them. The fact that we weren't able to sign any of these names and and the Brumbies were is a little bit frustrating. But let's move into the key positions or the key players for 2022. And I'll start with you, Ando, who is your key player for the Waratahs next year or this year?
0: Well, Look, if you just go from a quality and leadership perspective, you can't go past Michael Hooper as the, the key player of this incredibly inexperienced team. Um, if you take him out of the equation in terms of caps, uh, for this team that we've selected, um, our average caps over the 23 is 37. And you take him out of it, that drops down to 33. Um, so that's a huge, huge uh, impact there. So he, without a shadow of a doubt, is the main man for the Waratahs this, this year. But that's, that's obvious. Like everybody knows that. Um, outside of him, it's going to be, in my opinion, probably uh, Max Douglas or Jed Holloway. Just because our locking stocks are so thin and so poor and so bad that if we lose Douglas or Holloway to injury, probably Holloway more importantly because of the experience that he brings, Douglas was decent until end of last year, but he wasn't kind of like a nailed-on starter. Um, we are just stuffed, and our forward pack was a bit light on to begin with, so if we lose either of our starting locks, then we have serious, serious problems.
2: Yeah, fair call. Rev, Who? what is your key position for 2022 that the Waratahs really need to focus on or, or
3: nail down? For me, uh, locks have been touched, so I won't go into too much more detail on them, but For me props is an interesting one because angus bell and harry johnson Holmes, i'd have up there in probably two of the five or six best props in australia right i really like those two but the waratahs just because of injury bad luck and things like that they used 10 props last year Mm. across what 13 games it's more than any other club um the really upsetting part about that is i think six of them have since left a lot of them were just brought in as contract players Same for the locks. Like they used seven locks last year and only two of them are still in the squad and one of them's a back roller, really. So, I mean, it's just they didn't have a set uh, squad. Rob Penny didn't really get the chance to, I think, gel a cohesive unit together and get them, um, you know, consistent time in the positions because they're a very young side and they didn't get the same luxury that the Reds had. To me, prop and lock, pretty much just the whole tight five, that's a key area. Get that. You know, best type five they can keep them in there because um, Douglas is a great player, but he's only played six games. Mm. You know, Holloway is a great player. He's got 60 caps of experience, but he's only started 14 games at lock. So it's not a lot of real experience. Just get this guy some time in the saddle and keep him there.
2: Now, one player we do need to talk about, and if you have listened to the Draft Rugby Boys, and I, I do recommend them if you haven't listened to their preview for Super Rugby Pacific 2022, definitely go and give them a listen. But Mark Nwonganitawasi. There has been a photo come out on Instagram that <laughs> oh. both of the Dale boys are absolutely frothing over and making them very excited. I'll throw this to you, Rev, because you've got a bit of a bet with someone. <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts around Mark off offseason and do you see him as the starting fullback
3: for the Waratahs this year? That's the big question. I I don't know enough about Tavita Funa to see if he's more of a winger or a fullback option because to me... Makanita so he just needs to take a position and just lock it in. He swapped a little bit with Jack Maddox last year, and they didn't really quite settle on the best combination. Um, and then he struggled to even start some games. So for me, I would probably like to see him on the wing because that's what I've seen to be the most damaging so far. And I'd like to see Tavita Funer at fullback. But if, you know, they decide early on that's not the case and they sort of swap them around, then I'm all for it. Because I think he's a prodigious talent. I think he's got awesome skills in attack. I think he's still far too easily found out in defence. Um, but, I mean, if I was him now, just play the game topless because any person who's attacking, <laughs> they're just going to stop and, like, stare at his chiseled bottom and be like, just take the ball, mate. Sorry, it's all yours.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to score yeah. this try. You
3: can have it back. Yeah.
0: Seriously, like, I just want to pause and for a moment and just admire that picture for one moment. It is just beauty. It is just, like, chiseled, sculpted body all around. He has bulked up so much in the offseason. season. And yeah. I hope that that doesn't just mean he's easy to step around. Um, <laughs> that, that's a bit of a concern defensively. Um, but what it does, in my mind, help is we had a pretty light on back three. Uh, so you look at other potential back three options. You've got James Ram, maybe Ben Donaldson playing at 15, maybe. Um, maybe Alex Newsome on one of the wings. It's not oh, a please. particularly large back line or back three, um, despite the power that someone like Izzy Parisi might be able to bring. So having a strike player that Nwanganitawase can hopefully develop into being is is very exciting. So not only does he look damn good, but it gives us a bit more hope as well. And that's something a Waratahs fan just always <laughs> lives on, is hope eternal.
2: I will say, though, that there is more, definitely more of Marky Mark this year. So even <laughs> if they are
3: able to step around him, there is more of him to have to step, I think. So hopefully that helps a little bit. I reckon we just stop calling him Marky Mark and just call him Michelangelo's David because he's just yep. got that. You know what? His name's talk. David from now on. Yeah.
2: Done. His name's David Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: good. Um, but that does lead to a really interesting question. I'm just going to dive in here, Mitch. I hope that's okay. Yep. About um, 10, 15 options Mm. so the assumption would be that fichetti and parisi have 12 and 13 lockdown after their performance last season joey walton's out injured again with the acl for the season which sucks for him um but that does mean that we at least have a solid settled center combination um so the question is with ben donaldson's really strong performances during will harrison's injury absence. Does that mean that Donaldson is at, t- at 10? Will Harrison kind of retain his starting jersey there? Um, should you try and get Donaldson and Harrison onto the field at the same time because they played together for so long at junior levels? And if so, do you do that at 12? Do you do that at 15? Do you bring him off the bench? Who do you bring him off the bench for? Where does Tane Edmund fit into this setup here? Um, Mitch, I'll throw
2: it to you. If I was sitting at the Warriors' HQ right now and it was my decision to choose who I'd be selecting. I'd go with Will Harrison at fly half, number 10, and uh, Ben Donaldson at 15. Yeah. I think both of those players have some have a experience and this bond that doesn't just gel from playing rugby together for a few years. They've been playing together in the same team since they were 10 or 12, uh, 10 or 11. Like they just have this bond. They both know how each other play. They both know how each other move. That try that they scored, I think it was against the Hurricanes in um, that game at the SCG last year yeah. where they scored after the buzzer. Was They went full length of the field from their try line to the other end. Just magic sort of stuff. That is, that is just talent that you can't teach. You can't uh, impart that kind of knowledge or that knowingness of what the other player is going to do. They need to be on the field together. I don't think it's going to work for us if we have them both as fly half options and try and interchange and give them a half each or however it's going to work. Um, I liked Ben Donaldson at 10. I think he had a different approach. He sort of took the line on a little bit more than Will Harrison did, sort of straightened up the attack. But they both need to be on the field at the same time. I don't think that Will Harrison is a fullback. He just doesn't have the height personally for me, I just don't, he will struggle under the high ball coming up against some of the other fullbacks who just have that, that a few extra centimeters of height against him. So I would be playing Will Harrison at 10 and Ben Donaldson at 15.
0: And Rev, what's your kind of take on that question of 10, 15 axis?
3: It's tough because I think they actually did a pretty good job together. Um, As pointed out, Ben Donaldson is I think two and a half inches taller than Harrison, so if there is a decision, it does make more sense, I think, just in terms of the aerial game to put him back there. Um, to me, I've out of the games I've seen, I think Harrison's been slightly better as a 10, so I'd rather have him uh, in that spot. And then it comes down to, you know, are we playing the best players? Are we playing the people that suit the position best? Um, I think because of some injuries and stuff, Donaldson's been spending a lot of time training as a 10 uh, and fly half this season, whereas I think, you know, there's probably other players. And con-
2: conversely, uh, apparently Will Harrison's been doing a lot of training in the preseason at fullback.
3: And, and that's one of the things that they definitely showed last year that the combination seemed to be Donaldson, 10 Harrison, fullback. Um, again, we don't really know how David Furno fits into this, whether he's an option back there. James Ram could potentially play back there or Nwankanita no Wasi so could play back there if they uh, insist on starting Newsom. So th- there's so many permutations um, that really the only locks in the back line are Gordon for and Parisi. I think that's, you know, put yep. your house on it. Um, I'd be very keen to see what Darren Coleman's thoughts are because he's completely new to the setup. He's completely new to a lot of his players. Um, we don't have a track record of who he's going to pick. The one thing that um, we, I guess, have heard from the wandering bear um, sports podcast was uh, he wants to play an attacking game. He likes ball in hand and passing the ball out. So it does seem likely to have two playmakers on the field. Um,
2: I also like the idea of having both players on the field at the same time with Tane Edmond on the bench as backup if something's not working, if one team opposition is really finding out the way that Will Harrison's playing you bring in Tane Edmond and give him a go mm. or you, with having both Donaldson and Harrison on the field at the same time they can swap, we could see some plays where they swap positions and, and Harrison goes to fullback and um, Donaldson comes up into the line and mm. conversely if Donaldson's having a bit of an off game. We've still got Tane Edmund as a backup there, with Will Harrison able to shift out back. So that is a really good option that we've got. These three fly halves who can play other positions and can sort of shift around as well. And are you are you taking over or am I back mate, in control? You're in
0: controls. One
2: question. All yours, mate. Okay, fantastic. Well, I think that's kind of the key players and the key positions yep. for 2022. Was there anything else anyone wanted to say on that before we do
0: move over? I'm amazed Carlo Tizano is still at this still at the club um i'll put that out there i'm surprised he didn't move back to western force uh, they're in need of a kind of out and out seven i think um and i wonder if there was some com- some promises made in terms of minutes or something like that um i will say yeah. on that
2: that theme that we are recording this uh, sort of the second or third week of january now so you most of the wallabies players are back for the waratahs and from social media I haven't seen one photo of Hooper in Waratahs gear yet. We've seen Jake Gordon, Angus Bell, uh, all the Wallabies players back playing and training for the Waratahs. Haven't seen Hooper around at all. Now, I don't know whether that means that they are giving him extra time off. Maybe he's uh, potentially picked up a bit of a niggly injury at the end of last year. They're just letting him have some time to really get over before he comes into 2022 and starts running but also potentially giving him some game, some time to rest leading into the World Cup next year because they, we, we know how important he is. Yep. But there might be a bit of a positional change coming on this year with Michael Hooper and Carlo Tisano both sharing that seven jersey.
0: Yeah, interesting point. Interesting observation. Mm.
2: Well, let's move into our predicted finish for 2022 for the Waratahs and how many games we think they are going to win. Now, I'll start with you, Rev. Where do you see the Waratahs
3: finishing on the table? I've snuck them into eight. Um I, I see them Good man. Good man. Yeah, I have been sort of swayed a bit. I've been talking to um my brother a bit about it, who obviously goes for the Waratahs and he's <laughs> he's pretty keen on the making top eight. I think if they finish better than eighth, that's you know, out of this world, insane. I think if they play to what they can but on paper, eighth would be a pretty fair accurate finish. They've got a good Uh, front row they've got the best Australian player which helps Uh, and I think a really solid set of halves options and center options so I think they've got an exciting team again it's how quickly are they gelling and how much of their starting team are they keeping together because looking on the bench I'm not super excited by many of the names a a few are good but um, there's not that many players that I'm keen to see in their wider squad play but I really like their starting team so to me it's just. and we could say the same for a lot of Australian teams, how much of that team can they keep together and um, how long will they go in? But, you know, they start with the Aussie sides first. If they can get two wins against Spruill before they, um, you know, start to really gel, if they can, um, you know, snake a win over the Rebels and Force respectively, that sets them up in a pretty good way for um, the end of the year. So I I think eighth is realistic.
2: Nice. That's a a good... That's heartwarming. (laughs) I like that.
0: (laughs) Ando. Um, I'll bring some realism into this conversation. No, 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 you have to? I actually, um, maybe 9 I'm thinking maybe eight or nine. And the reason why is I would be hoping that we are still ahead of Moana Pacifica and Fiji and Drua just because they're new teams. And whilst there will be insane amounts of talent within both of those squads, there is something to be said for actually playing together. Um, and so in two or three seasons, I see them being excellent teams across the course of the season. Uh, but in the first season, no. Um, So that immediately puts us into 10th if we're ahead of both of them. So the question is, which of the Australian teams would we be ahead of then? And I think the force are really going to struggle this year for reasons which we'll get into in a later pod. Um, And I think the rebels are a couple of injuries away from um, having an absolutely dire season. So I would probably be going, yeah, they'll be pushing with the rebels for around about that eighth, ninth spot, I think.
2: Yeah, nice. All right. Well, I've, I've put the Waratahs at ninth with five wins. Oh, Ando,
0: how many wins did you oh, say? I don't know, mate. However many they need to get into ninth.
2: <laughs> four. Oh. Let's say four. I've gone for ninth spot uh, with five wins. I think that I have heard a rumor, and I don't know if this has been 100% confirmed yet, but there are talks that the Waratahs will play Uh, the Fijian Drua in Fiji in Suva. It will be their first home game ever in Fiji. It's the second time we play them. So we play the the Drua first up, round one, and then we play them in in Fiji, potentially, depending on COVID and travel restrictions and things, in round seven. If that is the case, I think that we will get smashed (laughs) in Fiji. I think playing any team... That goes even. I think even honestly, even the Crusaders would struggle to beat the Drua in Fiji. Um, playing them first is going to be a better option for the Waratahs to be able to get that victory. But I, I don't know. And playing them second half of the season at home is going to be hard against the Drua. So I, I think that they may play. They may finish the comp higher than us. I think the the Drua will make the final, the finals. Um, So that leaves a few teams below us, probably Moana Pacifica, maybe one or two of the um, other, as we said, the Force or potentially the Rebels. But I think anything above ninth is going to be a massive overachievement for the Waratahs at the moment. We haven't recruited massively. We've got some key players coming back, but we don't have as well-rounded as a team as I think we need to really take it to these New Zealand sides at the moment. Any thoughts? Any other last thoughts on how we think 2022 is going to go?
0: I think the loss of Isaac Rodder or the non-acquisition of Isaac Rodder is possibly the biggest missed signing of 2022 for any of the kind of super teams. Um the the lack of depth that we have at lock and the quality that he could have brought to our locking stocks are so, so important. Um so when he made the decision to go over to the force uh, that was that was to me really, really disappointing.
2: We have a little bit of extra time on this one. We've sort of spread through the question so far. So I will throw a bit of a curveball question to you. The Waratahs so far haven't recruited as heavily as we would have liked or we would have hoped. They should have some money in the bank. If you are sitting on the board of directors right now and you could sign any player from overseas who would have to be Wallabies eligible to come back to play for the War- Waratahs next year, who would it be and why? Wherever you go
3: first. Rory Arnold.
0: Oh, you bust. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm glad you gave it. I mean, you can chuck in Will Skelton. I, I think it's just got to be a Australian lock that's capped. It's um, very clearly that's been a big theme for this podcast. We've been talking about how uh, Douglas and Holloway are serviceable. And, you know, Douglas is so young, so he could actually be quite exciting. But um, they just need a superstar in there because I really like their starting front row. I really like all their back row options. But when you look at the team on paper, it's still not a intimidating pack. And I think it's because of that uh, absence in block. Um, it, it makes me think, like, this centralization model, could this team be better if they had a Angus Blythe or Nick Frost who might not be starting for their respective club sides? Yep. Um, it It's a shame, but if you have unlimited money, which, you know, in this, this, um, this situation, the Waratahs do, uh, Rory Arnold is just such a weapon. So, yeah.
0: Uh, for and for it- me, my is Israel Folau.
3: Um
0: <laughs> No, it's not. I, I was gonna say Roriano as well. Um we just need a lock. Even I don't know, bring Dave Dennis back. Bring uh Rob <laughs> Simmons back. Why not? Yeah. Um he he's still got it. He's playing at one in Irish, still killing it. So well, actually they're not going too well. But either way, <laughs> he's still playing there. Um I just we've spoken about the locks enough. Um so, yeah, that's, that's the big area of need and that's who we, I'd be wanting to bring back.
2: I'd be bringing back a hooker. So, I'd either be looking at Tolu Latu, but his off field indiscretions are a bit questionable at the moment. Yeah. So, maybe I'd be bringing back Brandon Pangaramosa oh, yeah. uh, for the Waratahs for 2023. Uh, steal him back from the Reds.
3: I thought someone might have said Beal just to you know get a
2: locked in fullback. Well uh, he's coming. That's, that's 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 happened. Like that's already signed, delivered. He'll, he'll be in 2023. So Lovely. we don't even need to spend big money on <laughs> yeah. Beal. Come on, let's
0: be real. Uh see that is Izzy's right, uh lined up with Bernard Foley at um the what is it, Shining Arcs? about oh, nice. Shining Arcs. Yeah, so Foley was serving a suspension, so he didn't play this weekend. Um but they'll be in the same starting team next weekend. Who's that? Sorry, I missed Foley. that. Foley. Bernard Foley. And Israel Folau.
2: Oh and Folau. Sorry. I thought we were talking about Beale. I was like, I'm pretty sure Beale's still
0: in France. <laughs> but okay. Foley and Folau. Um, yeah, reliving the kind of twenty fourteen glory.
2: And they will go undefeated from now on. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, let's uh let's finish this off. Uh predicted number of inclusions in the Wallaby squad later this year. Rev, let's start with you. Uh one. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, nah. and who is it uh, <laughs> who
3: is it and why is it harry johnson harry? Yeah. alex Newsom. um th- <laughs> i've got to say this answer is actually I just vomited it, it's quite hard because there's so many people that are on the fringe of like i guess like a 30 man squad but if you extend it to like a wider traveling squad then there's actually quite a few i've put down seven um you know i think the likes of bell and hooper and gordon and um, yeah, Parisi, they they should definitely be in the best squad imaginable. And then even players like um, uh, Johnson Holmes was mentioned before, Fichetti, uh Lockie Swinton, they're, they're all right on the cusp as well uh, of getting picked. I think they should have at least seven. There's there's some real talent here, and I'd like to see Will Harrison added to that mix as well. So I couldn't settle on which seven, but at least seven Waratahs could be in a, a good Wallaby squad, I think.
0: Awesome. Ando? Uh, about eight. I reckon you'll see around eight. <laughs> because um, you get Bell, Parecki, Johnson-Holmes probably. Uh, Parecki bringing in the experience into the hooker position that's sorely, sorely needed. Uh, then you go Swinton, Hooper, Gordon. There's um, the next three, so that's six in total. Harrison being in a wider squad, seven. Um, Parisi, eight. And then I was thinking Hannigan potentially coming back into the fold. I yeah. uh, would bring it up to nine.
2: Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting around eight or nine as well. Uh, I think there would be hopefully one or two players in this side that may be a bit of a smoky. We don't know how Foon is going to go. Uh, It'd be interesting to see if he comes in and just absolutely is on fire and just sparks something and and is a bit of a bolter for the Wallabies. Um, Outside of that, Will Harrison hasn't been in for a few years and he's sorely missing some game time, so it would be fantastic to see him in. Uh, If he and Ben Donaldson can really nail down the 10 and 15 combination like we were talking about earlier, that 15 jersey is still up for grabs as well. So potentially Ben Donaldson could be looking at a a Wallabies call up for that 15 spot. Mm -hmm. But we'll wait and see. Exactly. All right. right. Thank you, gentlemen. Was there anything else you want to say about the Waratahs? I'm a bit disappointed that no one said they're going to finish first.
0: (laughs) Um, Mate, I think uh, my happiness uh, and excitement is in the fact that I actually got like a full membership for every single home game this season as opposed to getting a four-game flexi. Um, So I'll be out there cheering on every week, um, every home game. It's going to be great.
2: Happiness or (laughs) full-heartedness, we will find out
3: shortly. Exactly. Blind faith, mate. Blind faith. Yeah. All right. Anything else from you, ref Yeah, I just want to check one thing cuz I don't know if we discussed the back row much and it's one area mm. where I'm very keen to see uh what the best 23 looks like because for me I think Swinton and Hooper are the 6 7. But then there's an interesting I guess debate on whether you have uh Raboni Warren Vosiako as the 8 or Will Harris who was there last year. Um And then for the bench, do you carry one of those players or does Color Tizana come on and just bring that energizer bunny, knowing full well that he probably won't be replacing Hooper mid-game? So so I'm very keen to see how that sort of selection headache works. And I'm keen to see if you guys have any thoughts about what you'd prefer um, for that first round match, who who you think that back row should be. Ando, you go first. I
0: think uh, you start off with Harris um, Mm. because he's the incumbent. Um, unless one of Rasiacos really pushed his case within preseason and impressed a new coach, I think the development that Will Harris is showing is really pleasing. Um, and he is, again, one of those young players that's still growing into his body. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back bigger and stronger at the start of this season. Uh, so, yeah, keep, keep Harrison there to start with, but be aware that his spot is definitely uh, going to have a stern challenge. Um, from Raburni Warren Bossiaco.
2: Yeah, I actually go the reverse of that. I think I start Warren Basiaco, uh earlier on. Just he he started for the Waratahs in their last game of the season last year against the Chiefs, and he was pretty decent from what we saw. Will Harris has been good. He's been okay, but he's very young. He's very inexperienced so far. So I um I would be starting Bossiaco giving him that opportunity to really lay that platform and and hold that jersey at number eight and then potentially bringing Harris off the bench if he can
3: find spot, find room on there. Thoughts, Rev? What would you be doing? Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, leaning with you at the moment. I think go the experience option first and then uh, when Harris has proved himself, then he can jump in. But yeah, I I think they're both good options. I'm, again, really excited by the back row and I think there's so many... Uh, teams that would be killing to have some of the depth they've got in that position. Again, it's been brought up before, but this idea of centralization, I actually think the sooner we see a bit of the spread of talent, the better, because there's some teams that are stacked in some positions uh, and not so much in others. And we probably do have the resources to be sharing that around a bit better and just giving all of our teams a city bump as opposed to you know, pigeonholing a few positions for some teams. But um, in any case, like this is a team that won – uh, zero matches last year and yet we're all very excited for them this year so there's obviously a really promising sign uh, about the off season, about the players that they've got in their ranks so I'm very keen and one
2: thing I on will quickly on the same quickly... theme of, um, of the back row quickly we've got we're currently starting Swinton at six when Ned Hannigan gets back does he take that six jersey off Swinton or nah, does he plays stick lock. with Swinton
0: he plays lock um,
2: he plays lock yeah 100%
0: yeah. Hannigan comes in as a lock yeah so our uh,
2: locking for the second half of the season is Holloway and Hannigan. Depending on Thanks how Douglas does. goes,
0: yeah. Um or you have Hannigan on a bench and he, he's the bench back rower, back row lock option. Yeah. Okay. Um but yeah, we have so few locks that Hannigan needs to play lock. When you got a good six of Swinton, you don't move him um for an equally good player. So yeah, move yeah. um Hannigan into lock considering he's played there a bunch of times before. Agreed. Good call.
2: Anything else before we finish up on the Waratahs? No.
0: I'm good, mate. It's been fun.
2: All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening so far. We hope 2022 is better for <laughs> Waratahs fans than 2021. <laughs> and um, get involved. And we we both, Ando and I, have got war- full Waratahs memberships this year. So, we will be out there. We will be at the games. From what we've heard, they won't be playing any games rurally. So, we will be able to get to all of them. Um, and, yeah, we're looking forward to the year. So, Get involved. Go Tars.
0: Go Tars. Catch you later, team. Have
2: a
1: good one.